0: Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy.
1: You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast.
0: What's like one of your favorite life periods? You know what I mean? Like some people say, it was my high school years, or it was my college years, or my wedding, my when I first had my first baby, or whatever it was, go back to that moment really quick. And I will share mine with you, which is when I first started doing morning radio shows, I worked with these two other people that I love so dearly. And we did some of the wildest stuff that I I don't know how we did not get fired and how our ratings were literally, it was I, at one point, our ratings were a 34 share, meaning like 33, 34% of the whole city listen to us which is massive so it's uh it was a crazy story i want you to meet them and see how many of these bits you're like you can never do these ever again it's our very first reunion show and we're gonna get to that here on today on a special edition of the certified mama's boy podcast welcome to it hi my name is steve kramer and i made this podcast because i think my mom's got some words of wisdom that can really change your life. When I was going through my divorce, she would send me these motivational text messages every day and one day I posted them online and it went viral and so I when I got let go from my radio job, I said, "Hey, I'm going to uh, start with this podcast with my mom and hopefully spread some positivity, especially during all, all of this time. Before we get to her too, uh, please don't forget this week, week I'm asking you to, just to do a quick four-minute survey about the podcast because in the next couple of days, the podcast is going to change and we're going to kind of like start filtering this down to maybe a couple of days a week or maybe still five days a week or certain content will be here or won't be here. So if you have listened to a couple episodes and you like it, I hope you'll go and you will take the survey at survey.certifiedmamasboy.com and I'll put a link to it in the show notes but it's really important to get it done before Friday the 23rd of 24th of April okay so with that said hi mom hi honey so today is going to be a special edition kind of show, and we'll do these every now and then. You know, most of the stuff that I create, it's for you know enrichment and for to make you feel good or tell you stories that I'm able to tell you or do good stuff for the community or whatever. Today, though, I've always wanted to do this show, and I'm so thankful that I get the opportunity to do it. Um, we are going to do a That Guy Kramer reunion show today. And That Guy Kramer is a show that started when I was in Panama City, Florida. I was 24 years old, and I um, got a call from a previous employer of mine who had moved down there and said, Hey, it's a small town, but I know you've always wanted to come do a morning show. Do you want to give it a shot? And for five years, I built up this pretty – pretty wild morning show uh ended up being a cast of four and we uh it was holly o'connor and miguel fuller and we are going to do our very first reunion show today like we haven't all sat down in front of mics uh even though we're distance apart and done a show since tampa since 2011 oh, or 2012. I'm so
1: excited. Well what was
0: uh what was your memories of That time period of me going down to take this job and even just that job in general with those two.
1: It was so exciting because, you know, you and Miguel were, of course, friends in college and and on the radio there. And, you know, that was really your first um, your first really big break. Right. Right in Panama City. Well, I don't know.
0: if It was a big break, but it's my first break. I mean, it was a, it was like maybe one of the smallest radio markets. So radio goes in market sizes, right? Right. And like the biggest market is New York, and that's number one. Yeah. And I think it only went to like maybe three hundred markets, yeah. but this is market two hundred and forty. So yeah. So it was it was. Pr- I think the our average audience size was about, or maybe this population of the city was like forty thousand people. So it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't a very big um, audience, but it was my very, it was a big opportunity for me to go host a morning show.
1: Right. Exactly. It was a very exciting time. And I, I remembered um, being so happy for you and Miguel. I didn't really know Holly in the beginning, Um, but of course I love, I love Miguel. And I, I thought that was terrific that the two of you could do something together
0: we're gonna be talking a lot today about how wild that show got i mean it was literally out of control we would do some of the most like wild and outrageous stuff were you embarrassed that we were doing all that kind of crazy stuff because the stuff that we did now even like on the uncensored podcast couldn't hold a candle to the wild and wacky stuff that we used to do back in the day
1: yeah i don't know that i was embarrassed honestly don't know if many of my friends listened honestly Right. It wasn't the same.
0: It, it, it wasn't the streaming. You didn't have the availability to exactly. it as much. I don't think that people could really, I don't think we did stream. And if we did, it was so janky. I think we did stream, but I think it just broke down all the time. So it wasn't really a <laughs> yeah reliable source.
1: Yeah. So outside of our family, I don't know that many of my friends watched, but it was wild and crazy. Yeah. Oh my God, the things you all did and said, I was like, holy crap, what in the world yeah. is going on? But it was fun. Y'all had a good time.
0: It was. I mean, we were the best of friends and like the worst of friends. It was like the (laughs) I don't know. But they they were were in my wedding and uh, become some of my lifelong friends. And that's like really the the cool thing. Do you still have friends from like back in the day? I know Margot is like still one of your.
1: Oh yeah, Margot and I have Margot and I've been friends for forty years. Yeah, Um, she's probably my longest. Yeah, she's probably the oldest friend I have as far as years go. But I treasure those. But anytime that you have lifetime friends like that, it's so great because you just pick up. It's like no time has passed. You just have a special love for certain people that just never goes away. So those are those are really wonderful relationships to cherish and hold on to.
0: Well, hopefully that's what today will will bring us. So I was—I don't know if you had any kind of wisdom or anything, because I think what's going to happen over the next—I expect this episode to go kind of long. Um, do and to be raunchy. Do you want to like say a prayer or anything? So I feel like we <laughs> had some type of like wholesomeness to this episode.
1: You—you you mean my um, God bless this mess prayer? Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. God bless this mess.
0: <laughs> that's all we need.
1: <laughs> May it serve someone in the right way
0: <laughs> just laugh and have a good time
1: yeah that's good that's what we need to do we need to laugh
0: and when we come back we will do the that guy kramer reunion show okay i love you Sean,
1: love you forever
2: this is the evolution of morning radio in panama city, panama city. that guy kramer is on here we go Real radio.
3: Once
0: you have a child, you still want to feel that you look good, so it's okay to show off a little bit. Real people.
3: When I was seeing Dogie going through his wallet and I found this innocuous business card, it's a swingers club.
0: Real funny. Just for my own pleasure <laughs> here. Just for my own perverted pleasure. Now get ready. This This is That Guy
2: Kramer with Steve Kramer, Holly O'Connor, and Miguel Fuller.
0: Even that intro brings back so many memories. So a lot of you guys say you enjoy the the behind-the-scenes radio stories, and I've got plenty of them, but I thought we'd go way back. I guess this is kind of like... A moment in Kramer history to my very first morning show, which may have been my most successful morning show, longest running. we were together for five years. On with me today, this is something we've been talking about doing for years. And I don't know if this is <laughs> going to be therapeutic or if it's only going to stir up old shit. <laughs> this, is, uh, oh, this is my very here first. here we go, Jerry. <laughs> 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 my... <laughs> My very first radio show was the That Guy Kramer show in Panama City, and it was with uh, Holly O'Connor and Miguel Fuller, and they're both here. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. I for somehow can still remember the day we started the show, which was August twentieth, two thousand and seven. Was I think when I first started. Holly, you joined when? In December? Yeah. I feel like it was later that year.
2: It was. It was like December 14th or 15th, 2007.
0: I was trying to go back and find the demo that you sent.
2: <laughs> it's still somewhere. <laughs> it's, it, it, I think Miguel has it somewhere.
0: I'm sure he does. We call Miguel the That Guy Kramer historian because he literally has every piece of anything that we ever did.
2: He's everyone's Miguel. historian.
0: Do you still carry around those, like, giant boxes? Miguel used to have those, like, ledger boxes of shit that from the show and, like, every contract we signed and every flyer we ever made.
3: Oh, yeah. I literally have everything. And uh, my boyfriend and I were recently just going through the garage, and he's like, what? Who? What is all this stuff? Why do you have this? I'm like, listen, as radio people, like, our stuff just goes and it's done. I at least have to have some semblance of something from what we did all those years
0: (laughs) once my brain cell starts to go away. I will tell you that I'm really thankful for you because... I only have audio from Panama City. I don't have any audio from my career from Phoenix or from San Diego because when you get fired, you leave. There's not like this grace period of like, hey, come on back in. Why don't you just like grab your stuff, Mm -hmm. get comfortable, and we'll, uh, you know, take it with you. It's like, get the hell out. And if you don't already have it, (laughs) then it doesn't even matter. So our our show in Panama City was 2007 to 2012 or 11?
2: 11. Well, Uh, no. 12. 12.
0: Was it 2012? So it was it was five years. And uh there's moments on the podcast where I go back and I listen to old segments from the show, and I'm like, I can't believe that we got away with the shit we got away with. And like I was telling Miguel the other day that we literally and I edited it out of the podcast because it felt so inappropriate, but like we were we went on this like minute and a half joke about blackface, mm. and I was like. How? Like, how? <laughs> why did nobody why did nobody ever stop us? Like, do you guys know why nobody ever or did they? Did they try to stop us or critique us? And we were just like, no, we don't give a shit. Like, we're just gonna be reckless. How did that even happen?
2: Miguel? Well, <laughs> I, as the I, resident I, black uh, man, uh, <laughs> I'll uh, default uh, to you. Oh
3: look at me. I'm <laughs> picking up the mantle of your friendly black person apologizing <laughs> for the white people. Uh no, so I think what what it was is that it was offensive but it also the intention of it was never to be offensive That's i think true. everything we did was always with a edge of hey we are actually teaching you something here even though we're laughing you know <laughs> so it's like yes cuz on a top 40 radio station you know at that time and where we were we couldn't have a, here's a racial summit and let's have the mayor <laughs> on and a town hall and let's talk about how things are screwed up. But wait, I, do
2: you mean Mayor Gail Oberst? Is that what you mean?
0: <laughs> a good old wait. Okay, Can you name any other mayor of any other city you've ever been to? Because I can't. For some reason, Mayor Gail Oberst.
2: (laughs) Only our current mayors in Tampa and St. Pete. Now, I don't even know the mayor of Panama city, but I know the Panama city beach mayor
0: (laughs) of, of 20, right. Of 2011 or whatever year it was. Yeah. That was always our biggest accomplishment. And because keep in mind, we're in this really small town in Florida and there's no access to anything. We don't get celebrities on, we don't get anything. Um, but, our biggest accomplishment was trying to get the mayor to come on our show. And I think it was the very final show. Was it Holly? Was it you that set it up or was it Miguel? I I know it wasn't me.
2: I didn't even know we had the mayor on the last show. So you know what? It probably wasn't. I have the worst memory of all of you. I have no idea.
0: (laughs) Did you you block that whole time period out of your life?
2: I'll tell you what I did block out. Like the first time that we were in Tampa. I have no memory, except for the naked broadcast. I have no memory of what we did. And Miguel's always like, remember we did that when we were at play? And I was like,
0: no. So uh, a quick, <laughs> a quick uh, I guess, explanation of how this show went was we did five years in Panama City. And then we did a year. Were we even on for a year in Tampa? I don't think we were. We may have been a it little It was one over year, a year exactly.
2: It was literally one, one exact year. year.
0: It, yes. August and 1 to August 1. And then they came in. And they changed the format of the radio station. Then we were we were out of work. And they're like, "Girl, don't even worry about it. We're gonna find you guys a job. It's <laughs> like <laughs> like nothing to worry uh-huh. about. You guys just sit back and relax." Yeah. And so we went on this like little just mental vacation. I think about that time period now versus that time period back in 2012. You know, out of work, like the day I got let go, I'm like hitting the phones. I'm like, "All right, let's get a job. Let's get this thing figured out." Back then, I didn't really, I didn't, don't think we did shit. Did we do anything to try to get another job for those first five months? Because I felt like they were so like, don't worry, we're gonna have another job for you. Don't even sweat it.
2: Yeah, no, I got pregnant. There, so. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: Well, I there forgot were like about two that. phases to it. Yeah. There, there was, like, when we first, because I remember, like, the day that we signed all of our papers, our exit papers, they were like, we got you, we are. And, I, I mean, literally, I think the day that the station flipped to sports, we were on a plane headed to Sacramento. So, I oh, mean, right. at that time, we were like, we're going to be okay. We're going to Sacramento. And then that, after a lot of conversations, didn't work out. And so then we went to Boston. And we were there. And then I remember it was right before um, Thanksgiving of 2012 when we found out we weren't going to Boston. That's when we were like, well, shit. <laughs> we probably
0: should have um, done something.
3: <laughs> we should have been making some calls or emails or something.
0: <laughs> we were so young. I want you guys to think because we were – was that – were we even like 30 at that point? I don't think we were even 30 no. by the time we got to Tampa, were we? I'm
2: sorry. I – I was
0: 30. <laughs> you were 30. Okay.
2: But I, you know, I, I've always been a bit young minded. It's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, so I think I was probably then 28 or 29. So I'm like a tad younger than you. Yeah. And Miguel was probably what? 25,
2: 26. Yeah. Miguel yeah. was 26. I was, the only reason I know I was 30 is because I had Maya when I was 31. So I got pregnant okay. when I was 30 and that's when I actually think I got pregnant over Thanksgiving when we found out like it was all to shit and I was like, well, might as well have a baby. <laughs> Your ovaries yeah, dead, going yeah. on. <laughs> yep, yep, yep.
0: It's fine. <laughs> How old was everybody when we started the show? I was, t- I think, I was twenty four. I and was twenty five. Just- okay, you're twenty five, Miguel. You were, were you even twenty one? I-, I was
3: twenty. I think I turned twenty two uh, the month because I I got
0: there like July of two thousand eight. So, so I it- think, yeah. Anything you're going to hear today, I need you to see it through the goggles of fucking children. Okay, Mm because think about like a 21-year-old right now, 25-year-old, a 26-year-old. Everything that we we were running this major market-style radio show, but there was no one to like tell us no. And so we're making decisions through the mind of a 24, 25, 26-year-old. I don't know how we're still alive today.
2: We, there was I, no adult. Even Chris Allen, who was the program director at the time, I feel like even he wasn't an adult. Like who
0: was making the adult decisions? <laughs> I don't nobody. know. Nobody. It was Panama City. Was anybody? Did anybody ever like t- like tell us like that was too far? I can't remember one time that anyone's like that bit went too far today. Except mm-hmm. I know. Wait, I remember one time. Oh. I remember one time that Melissa, our last GM, called me into the office and it was because of Miguel Fuller. (gasps) Ah Do you remember this, Miguel? Yeah. Do you Uh, remember this?
3: No, I don't think I do. (laughs) Oh gosh, what did I say?
0: Probably something gay. (laughs) No, it wasn't. (laughs) I think the bit was something of like, don't act like you've never done this before or something. Like, and we all said something that was like kind of embarrassing um mm-hmm. you know like but ev- but ev- everyone's been through
3: <laughs> wait a minute wait i think a faint memory is starting to come back <laughs> I, wait I wait, wait 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 i
2: <laughs> by the way <laughs> by the way can i just say i loved don't act like you never miguel can we bring that back is that what it i know was? we so might know need
3: to yeah don't she, act, like, don't you act never. like you never don't
0: act like you um, never um miguel do you remember now
3: I, does it have something to do with uh, what a man does by himself?
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, my God.
2: Oh, oh no. I, yeah. I, I vaguely yeah. ha- I have a shadow of <laughs> a memory <right> now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i have forgotten all about that. Uh, yes, we'll just leave it at that. But it had something to do with some male personal time. <laughs> Good um,
2: God. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> and wait. Um, Miguel, was, it
2: about, because... was it about some sheets? Was it about a comforter that you got from Walmart? Was that it? Or was that no. a different story?
0: No, that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was another story. All
2: our, I'm,
0: pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of our shows just had to do with sex and masturbation. That was pretty yes, much all of our topics were just it. between
1: that was um, it. Um
0: oh God. So yeah. So that was the one time that I remember somebody being called in and being like, that was too far. But other than that, like I look back now because I am playing some old clips from from our show on the podcast, and um and nobody, like nobody ever stopped us. I played the the sex tape bit last week
2: <gasps> oh god oh, oh
0: you didn't dear. why didn't you yeah. tell us That's you did that, that i, I want to oh. uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm like, i need I'm to like know about
0: that from from miles away they've already heard the story about the sex tape but do you guys want to give your your two cents of that whole that whole thing they already kind of know how it happened <laughs> I do well.
3: Well. Oh. um because <laughs> what you've probably failed to mention was i was the one that had to meet the couple to <laughs> no, pick up it. the tape Yes. And then when I dropped the tape off, they were at a playground with their child. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, here's the sex tape where I saw you two doing it. God, that um, is then awful. I proceeded Ugh. to see them, like, years later around town. And they were like, remember us? And I was like, how can I not?
1: <laughs> Ew.
2: Why did yeah. we do that? Like, that's disgusting.
1: <laughs> I don't know,
2: I, and let me tell you that debauchery happened at our house because that was when Miguel and I were living together, and we were all sitting next to each other on a couch, like what? Uh,
3: <laughs> watching porn. We watched porn, together, porn. together for it the radio. A
2: horrible homemade, it was like a couple sex tape. <laughs> oh my god, amateur
0: porn. Holly, I kind of have to blame you a little bit because what? you were you're always the maternal one of the show right and i feel like you probably should have stepped in a little bit harder and been like guys because miguel and i are just nasty okay i feel like you should have stepped in and been like this is like we've gone too far um
2: i don't know that you remember but i'm pretty sure i did (laughs) and how many different ways could we already fight in a day we fought about (laughs) everything it's like Mm. my kid now like i'm just like you know what have lucky charms for dinner. I don't like I can only have so many fights in a day. All of these people that I surround myself with, they like fighting. So I'm like, I hate it. I hate confrontation. But all you bitches make me fight with everybody. So I'm like, you know what? Go, it's that's fine. fine. What you know what? Yeah. Watch a sex tape. I don't care. Do what you want to do.
3: <laughs> in my house on my couch. In
2: my, like I should have realized in. that that's the Come kind over. of parent that I would be. I'm like, you know what? Whatever yeah, I, I don't care. Whatever. You know what? If you want to do that, you see what the consequences and and you see, you did.
0: <laughs> did I though? Because I can still laugh about it today. Holly <laughs> and I, we literally we fought. I mean, yeah. so much. All and the time. you're one of my dearest friends, and I have always have loved you. It's uh, it's it it's truly it was like a marriage between you and I because yeah. we drove each other crazy. Like an ill-fated we,
1: one. <laughs> <because>. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was kind of like both of our real marriages. Um,
1: <laughs> I- <laughs>
2: Yeah, why haven't we figured that out yet? Like,
0: what, I, I, what's wrong with us? maybe it's us.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> maybe, um, yeah. Maybe it's not
0: the other person. Um, no. I yeah. We Miguel. <laughs> Miguel, Miguel, Miguel make do Why don't you explain, Miguel? Um, because Holly and I, how often? Honestly, how often do you think we get in fights?
3: Every day. Every yeah. day. It, Probably it was day. a good day when there wasn't a fight, but <laughs> as the, the the mediator, or as we used to joke, as the person who could see both sides all the mm. time, I could automatically always see where the crossfire would happen, where uh, Kramer, you would say something, Holly would hear it in a different way, she would respond you would misinterpret what she said and then blow up what happened. And then I would be, <laughs> I, then I'd be in the middle,
0: like, Well, I got to go to the bathroom. And for some reason, we'd always hate Miguel the most at the end because it would go like this. It'd be like, I'd be like, burr, 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 burr. and then Holly would be like, burr, 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 burr. and then Miguel would be like, Well, I mean, I don't know, guys. I can kind of see both sides. I'm like, Fuck you, Miguel. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, and you're both sides
2: yeah like that was no help I was like I'd like, look over what, at Miguel and he would everyone be like everyone
3: more money than me in this room so bye
2: <laughs> like, I would look How at Miguel much- and he's just typing on his computer I'm like this bitch
3: <laughs>
0: yeah and he would not even look up at us he's like y'all gotta no. figure it out yeah. one of our favorite stories to tell and it's so embarrassing to tell now but I feel like I have to because it's what i deserve um i threatened one time to punch holly in her face that's
2: correct yeah that 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 did happen
0: uh <laughs> yeah, were you there yet i can't remember you were there yes
2: oh, was. i was there
3: oh yeah
0: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah why don't you hey. oh, yeah. i don't really remember how everything went down i just remember that i'm gonna come across this board and punch you in the face
2: yep uh, i was like i'm not explain. leaving i'm not
0: <laughs> leaving.
2: Like for some reason, I that was like the sticking point. I was like, "Bitch, you don't have to carry me out of here." Bye.
1: (laughs) Who says
0: that, Miguel? What? What? I don't even remember. I I don't remember like what started everything, Uh. but it really turned sour fast.
2: So
3: we got to rewind a few days before that because you, Kramer, had gotten into arguments with our then afternoon guy, Why are you going
2: to be getting in fights with everybody? I I think that's you. That's not me. That's not me. I,
3: I take the blame. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, you had gotten into a fight with our afternoon guy, Cato, and so you and our program director at the time, Chris Allen and Kato, were trying to, like, work it out, and during the show that day, you were like, well, if Chris Allen doesn't take my side, we gonna quit, we gonna quit, (laughs) and we were like, okay, and then Holly and I got home, and I was like, bitch, I'm still part-time, like, I'm not quitting shit. I was Bye. like,
2: I'm I moved from Ohio, and I will have to pay the company a thousand dollars if I quit. I can't quit.
0: <laughs> I forgot about five, that. So, really quick side Enjoy. tangent. How much was everybody making when they started? I think I was making twenty six thousand, maybe twenty five thousand. It wasn't it wasn't a lot of money, but I know you guys were even making less than that. So keep in mind, we're just a bunch of kids making like no money whatsoever. How, yeah. how much? Do you remember how much you made when you first started? Twenty five. Okay, well, maybe, 25, it yeah. maybe it was twenty
2: four. Maybe it was it was twenty four twenty five.
0: Okay. And Miguel, how much – you were part-time. I was part
3: – yeah. I was part-time the first three months, and then I got, ooh, ooh upgrade, $21,000, <laughs> girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the whole
0: and so show cost them $75,000 uh, or less, somewhere oh right in there. It's just – just ridiculous well, oh, okay so we are like
3: we gonna quit we gonna quit and so holly and i are at home living together and i we both were like bitch fuck him i'm not quitting so <laughs> we call our program director that afternoon to be like hey like just so you know you know, We don't want to cause any bad blood or anything, but we're going to show up for work tomorrow. Well, unbeknownst to us, <laughs> you had gone back up to the station that afternoon, oh, yeah. and Chris Allen thought it would be funny to put us on speakerphone, and so then you heard us. <laughs> what you thought going behind your back. And so then that's when you were pissed at us. That's and so right. then that's when you were like, oh, this just caused a fight. And so then the next day when we all got to the studio, that's when oh. you were like, Holly, you need to leave. You need to leave. You created bad <laughs> blood. I'm going to come across here and punch you if you don't leave. And was Holly like, was like,
2: I'm call our boss. i our mean, not I was I like, call Chris Allen. Allen. Call Chris. Allen like on Jerry Springer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were so dramatic. Like, think about that now. Think about that situation now. Let's fast forward to 2020 no, and imagine I, that any. Of, imagine that any of that could that have still played out. I cannot. Im- I, no. Why? Absolutely why? not in that way. No way. No way. I try to think back, and I want your I want your honest opinion on this. And I'll still hate you if you say the wrong thing. But what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll punch you in your face. Um, why? Why was I so intense? Like, because I'm really, truly not like that anymore. And to hear these stories literally makes me cringe. I mean, because I think all of us, I mean, I would say I was by far the most high strung but Holly, I don't think that you even act that way. Like you wouldn't like you wouldn't yell, wouldn't like yell and scream at each other. Like like Gina and I never scream at each other. I don't know. Why was I such a pain in the ass? And I can't I figure it out.
2: I, I don't, I I had several theories. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's because it was like a combination of uh, you were used to getting your way, maybe. I don't know. And then mm-hmm. like when anybody mm-hmm. disagreed with you, you you were like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and so it was just that, a combination of that. And then I, I, I honestly, I'm not sure. I just thought there was something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> <I
0: don't know. laughs> this guy is just out of control.
2: I was like, um, well, I mean, I, I just, I really don't know. So I'm just gonna have to. F-. I was like, I just felt personally attacked. Like I
1: always right. felt personally you were. We attacked so much.
3: Well, no, I, I do want to say that I, I think I do have a little perspective on what where your mind was at the time because you and i have been like radio geeks forever and we went to college together and that's how we first bonded and became friends was our our love of radio and you at the time felt like if we weren't producing a plus level content at every break that didn't agree or didn't go with what you thought it should go, then that's when you would like lose your mind because Mm. you were a control freak and you thought it has to be this way in order for it to be successful. And if it detoured from that at all, detoured from that at all, then you were like, nope, that's when you would like have a meltdown.
2: And I will say like I went into morning radio not knowing – anything like I didn't have a Burt show to like pull from so right. that was
0: a show in Atlanta that um, Miguel and I used to listen to growing up and really was like idolized by it
2: right and so I did I came down from Ohio, just knowing middays, not understanding even how morning shows worked. And I think it was really awkward for me because I had moved down thinking I was going to be your co host. And don't forget sorry Mm -hmm. to bring it up, but like, you know, you had been dating Shannon at the time, and for some reason, (laughs) She oh,
1: was
2: I forgot the co-host, about this. so I it forgot started all about out that. bad. Like because I was yeah. like, "Wait, what's my job?" And then Chris Allen was like, "Oh, uh, well, you're gonna do news." And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Okay," but I, I I took this job thinking it was gonna be I was the co-host, and who's Shannon? Like, what is she even in radio? No, she has a boutique. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> So and let me so, explain how janky that was. So when I first got to Panama City and started the That Guy Kramer show, uh, was it called That Guy Kramer show? I think, yes. I think it was always called that. Yeah, it so was. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was working with this woman named Kim Diamond, and pretty sure that's not her real name. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> so she – uh, she was like an old school radio person. She probably actually our age now, but I thought she was like so old, you know? Mm-hmm. And she literally like went crazy one day and thought that like people are out to get her and then she just like disappeared off the face of the earth. I, I don't know. I think years later she reached out to me on Facebook or something to say hi, but she like just disappeared in, in true Panama City weird ass fashion, right? Um, and so then I was dating my now ex-wife at the point and she was like, Hey, um, I can come in and just, like, shoot the shit with you. So I had somebody else to talk to. And then she kind of, like, became more on the show. And then people started to, like, like the dynamic. And then Holly gets there. And, yeah. It, and I don't know. And so I was know. like,
2: wait. So wait. So am I the co-host or not? And so then we kind of started bonding. But then you and Shannon fought about me because Shannon was like, well, I don't want her to be more important to you than me. And I was like, y'all – I just came down here for a job. Yes, like you thought about everything. That's what I I remember. So glad
0: you joined. I feel like somebody would have been dead if Miguel didn't join the show. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And I don't. I truly don't know which one it would have been. I don't know. Both probably. I go back and I listen to audio and I will still argue that we still had some of the best chemistry on the air, even, even with the tension, like the tension was kind of great at times where like you could tell Holly and I were mad at each other, but somehow for some reason it worked. Oh, the show
2: was great. Miguel, haven't we had conversations about how the the show was great?
3: Oh yeah. I've always said that for me as a talent, um, some of my best moments are when someone is pushing back at me and like now with the dynamics of how Holly and I have been with other co-hosts throughout the years. You know, usually the people that we have around us, no one will like push back where because you and I, Kramer, knew each other for so long, you knew what buttons to push that would get me to react in like a funny Mm. way. And, Mm. you know, in radio, we always say that on a show, you have the reactor and uh, you have a generator and a reactor. And I'm naturally a reactor. And so being in the host chair now and being the generator, I sometimes miss those moments of just being able to have the funny line, to be able to, you know, keep it going between the other two people on the show. And so and I I remember people would always say the energy level of our show, no matter what, was always at like a 10. Like we would just like (laughs) blast through the speakers. (laughs) But that's also because because we were in our early twenties. We yeah.
0: were scared shitless, too. Like, everyone was, yeah. like, nervous. I and mean, when the mic went off, what the fuck? Like, how's this going to go? I mean, mm-hmm. there'd be plenty of times where the mic would turn And you guys knew it, too. You knew it was coming. Like, somebody would say something wrong in, in the middle of a bit. And I'd be like, what the
2: fuck? Ooh, I knew it because that meant that as soon as the mics went off, you would take off your purple fuzzy headphones and throw <laughs> them on the console and be like, what the <laughs> f- was that? Yeah.
3: Uh, those are the I, moments I hated. You just knew. Never- something yeah. would happen in the middle of the entertainment or news and you'd be like well shit and then you mm. would smash those three fingers down and you rip the headphones off and you'd be like well here we go jesus <laughs> armor me up let's go armor me up <laughs> Good,
2: your <laughs> loins.
0: I have apologized to these guys immensely since then. Uh, I think every time that we, we see each other, I feel like I apologize yet, yet and once so, again. You know
2: what? It's it. thank you, and it's okay. And I'm and, sorry for my crazy ass, too.
0: I mean, we just, I, but still s- created some of the best radio and like the midst of chaos. Do you think that any of it had to do with the because I think you're actually both right. Listening back, I think you're both right. I think Miguel's right. And like, this was my big chance, right? And I really, mm-hmm. given this opportunity, I just wanted to make sure that like I was in charge of it and that I did it my way and that, you know, everything. And I kind of had a vision of where I wanted it to go. And if anyone wanted to try to steer me left or right, I would kind of freak out. But I also think, Holly, that you're right. That was my first time in a leadership position. And no 24-year-old should be a in a leadership position. with, And, you know, my mentor, um was chris and he was kind of you know hands off so i didn't really have another way to learn how to manage people other than to just freak out i didn't have any other skills you know No, there were just
2: none there were no adults and there were no role models to like lead us and figure out how to do this it was just the blind leading the blind
0: what are some stories that you guys remember from panama city the days um that like even on the air or the time that we lived there, that still like pop up in your mind. Like I cannot believe that was even real. I'll give you a second to think about it. I'll start, um, Holly. Before Miguel came in, and I think it was there was intern Jeremy. <laughs>
2: uh, let's. I just. <laughs>
0: Now the- <laughs> I uh, what we had this kid and, and i don't even i i don't remember much about him how do we even find him do you remember
2: I, no, he was there when i got there how did you find him i
0: don't know i don't remember um but i he was i don't know if he applied or what but he did and we used to think this guy was like the most upstanding gentleman and until no. we find out that Everything he he told us was a complete lie.
2: Yes. He was, he was a master manipulator. And he was like so like nice. He was like your your movie style Southern gentleman. Okay. Like he was like, and he was older than we were, too. Do you remember? He was like 27 or 28 or something. Which is absurd.
0: Now that I thought he was like he was so old.
2: I know. So he must I don't have know. His shit
0: together. He's an adult.
2: I mean, he had a "Real Men Love Jesus" bumper sticker. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> we just thought that he was like really well put together, like super yeah. nice. And then um, he everything was a lot like everything was a lie, and he was like kind of a piece of shit like not kind of like a legit like not a good guy at all and he fooled everybody
0: (laughs) didn't he go to prison or something and we didn't like he like disappeared and he's like in jail one day and like i may be making this part up for dramatic reasons but i think he came back with like a a teardrop tattoo or something didn't
2: he okay that that may have made that that (laughs) that up but i do think that he disappeared and was possibly in prison i do think that's true (laughs)
3: kramer's like Actually, I heard that he started the Crips in L.A. back in the day, girl.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he sure. was in the Crips. I don't know. <laughs> he probably was. Remember, one thing that stuck out to me was that he was like he told us that he played piano really well. And then one day, one day he was like, "I'm gonna um, come pick you up, and we're gonna go to Club La Lavila. But on the way, we're gonna swing by this piano bar, so I'm gonna play piano for you." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" And he never showed up. He just didn't show up. I was like, I think I fell asleep in my club clothes. I was like, wait, when am I going to hear you play piano? He was like, oh, sometime. (laughs) That bitch never played piano. Like, what?
3: I got to send you through my gang initiation first before you can hear that. (laughs) <laughs>
0: like, I I just remember one time, and this is like where everything started falling apart with this guy because he was pretty much like the Miguel, like the third Mike. And, and yeah. here in Panama City, I mean, here in San Diego, he would have been like uh, our producer, Chris, or like maybe like C-Riz. And I remember one time he was supposed to go record. I think it was when we were, remember Ryan, the little smart. Ryan Brotherson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he was supposed to go record him or something. And he, Jeremy came back. He's like, oh man, I got over there and like he just wasn't home or something. And then the mom called me and was like, he's like never showed up. He never called me, no nothing. And I'm like, this bitch. And then yeah. the shit started like falling apart.
2: Yes. Oh, that was. Because um, you can only be a complete, like, total compulsive <laughs> liar for so long before people find you out. But yeah, it was, it like blew my mind. Remember, <laughs> like he just disappeared. Yeah. What?
1: like he yeah. where
2: did he go? Okay, yeah, it was that was terrible.
0: Miguel, come on. Memories from Panama City that you're just like holy shit, I can't believe cuz Tampa you're right. I don't remember too much from Tampa that was wildly memorable. The Naked Broadcast was one, um, mm-hmm. but I don't really remember. I think our heyday truly was when we were in Panama City cuz everything in Tampa, we pretty much knew the second we got there that job wasn't going to last very long. No, yeah, I mean, literally uh, <laughs> the day that
3: we got on the road to drive down there and it was like omens everywhere that this was just not going
0: oh, to Oh, yeah. Work. I forget. That's the day actually the station. That you. So now let's catch up to real time. Holly and Miguel are still in Tampa and they're on Hot 101.5 um, and they're doing their top 40 show over there. We – when Tampa, the station there fell apart, uh, they went back to Panama City to go do the show there and I went over to Phoenix – to do country instead. Then they went back down to Tampa. So right. that's just kind of like a quick, a quick thing. But every, everything said that it was really like, like a, a moment in time when you really think about it. it was such a fast experience. I don't really have like a ton of memories of Panama city was like the shit show. Plus, I mean, Tampa was like real adults there. We had like an actual structural system of, <laughs> I- of humans. Because even the the
2: underwear broadcast, which is when, like, there was this bet, like, if the Rays went to the World Series, or if they didn't, rather, we'd have to do a broadcast in our underwear. And, like, in Panama City, we were so used to just, like, showing up on a street corner in our underwear. Like, we would just do it. (laughs) But in Tampa, they were like, okay, well, we'll set the engineers up for you. And we were like, oh. <laughs>
0: oh, oh damn there's, there's a, like, like there's there's people there's people oh, and like you had it. clients involved in stuff remember we had to go do that one that one restaurant because they were like a client they was they like, sold yes. it for them to do it there i think and yep. panama My, city we would literally we would just go over there and just take our clothes off in the middle of the street and just be yes. like this no, is fine literally. Like, yeah. this time, no, literally. and, and literally. panama
2: city would be like we love it do do it again yeah. <laughs>
3: it's crazy. Well, that, but, that, yeah that's always been like even our hard part coming back here to tampa Um, After our last two year stint in uh, Panama City is that there is a corporate structure. And I think that That I mean, there was so much that went into those first five years in Panama City. And I think the fact that we were working for a mom and pop, it was um, in a small city. This was before shows used to put the entire show online. I remember like every day we'd post like one clip online, but we didn't post the entire show. So like you would do it and then it would go away. And so now everything we do is cataloged, saved. Anybody can go back and listen. And so you just can't do the things that we used to do. And I think the memory that I, I remember That was just like, we would never do this now. Remember the segment we used to do called Ask a Black Man?
0: Oh, my God. I actually played a clip on the podcast of Crazy White People, which I'm pretty sure was a spinoff of Ask a Black Man. (laughs) (laughs) Dear God. But but do you want to, yeah, do you want to explain how that, I mean, I think it's pretty self explanatory, but. (laughs) Yeah, well, because you and I would always, because, you know, we're
3: both from the South and we would have really deep, interesting racial conversations. But then, like, you in your mind at the time, you were like, when we do it, it needs to be like funny and so people would call in with like these stupid ass questions
2: God, people were so awful though it was so
3: so dumb but you know like as a person who who was black from atlanta and went to college studying african-american studies like i can give you a factual like two history answer on (laughs) stuff (laughs) but you were always like don't nobody care about that be funny (laughs) and i was like Bitch, if they asking me why black people eat fried chicken, I can't just be like yucka yucka yucka. Let me tell you why I don't eat KFC in front of white people, and you would get so mad. And I'd be like, well, there is a historical reason why that has been a tradition, and you'd be like,
0: no, be funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of those bits that we probably like we, we can never do nowadays. So like, we can never we can never pull that one off. Was it uh, well, was I, it highly inappropriate back then, or was it just like times were different?
3: Um, I think that it was like like I said, our heart was in the right place because we wanted to you know, uh, delve into like racial issues and especially in Panama city at that time, you know, we had to walk a a fine line and, you know, being from Atlanta coming to a small Southern town, we were like, Ooh, let's shock the system. Um, and so I, I just, I feel like, and that's like a young person's thing to do. Is you're like, hey, if you want to get attention, you have to be as sexual, racial, loud um, right. as you can be in order to get attention. And so, I think that even if we were to do a morning show again, you know, we realize that there are other ways to to get people to listen to you and to be vulnerable. Um, because I, I think that's one of the things that our show lacked, and I think yeah, we started totally. to get there towards the end, is that we didn't have that sort of vulnerability that I think we all got later on in our careers.
0: I think though that, that was kind of like a sign of the times, though, too, because that really wasn't yeah. what... I mean, I look back literally, if I go through our archives of the show, I mean, it's literally like salacious after salacious after salacious Jersey shore and Kardashians and sex tapes. And, yeah, and it was- wasn't, it,
2: it wasn't, um, until later that authenticity was like the buzzword, like everybody right. was still doing like, uh, like it was like the tail end of like the shock jock era. Cause it was still in the two thousands. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Well, and and I I also think too, it was like
3: right before social media took over all of our lives where, Mm. you know, if you think about it back then, like we didn't have Instagram yet. We had like I think at the like last year or two, they had like Facebook pages, but I think it was only until like the first or second year that I was there that you could uh, invite like they open Facebook up to everybody. So like we yeah. still were kind of closed off. And so at that time, we were breaking celebrity news for people. Whereas like now, no one cares. Like we're never going to break, unless something, if someone murders another celebrity, like in the morning at seven o'clock, we're not breaking (laughs) celebrity news anymore. And so people would literally tune in to us to hear what was happening. And so that's when you had like big movie stars, big music stars. And that's sort of what uh, Top 40 Radio is having to like grapple with now is there aren't any universal movie stars, music stars, like they used to be that everybody loves, that everybody knows. And so now what else can you fall back on? The personalities and being authentic or being authentic and and vulnerable and honest and not just depending upon the Mel Gibson tapes that are coming out over the course of two weeks.
2: Man, though, those Mel Gibson tapes were great radio between Mel Gibson and Charlie Sheen. Those were my favorite celebrity stories ever.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Holly, do you have any more stories that you remember from Panama City that you're like, I can't believe that we actually did that or got away with it? Uh,
2: well, first of all, do we recall that I was on a dating reality show on our radio station?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you – and I, I, I sent you guys the phone call. One of the guys that was on that uh, actually still listens and is <laughs> – is still asked for us to talk about um, that that segment. So this was when Rock of Love was this really big show. That's Brett Michaels' reality show, and you were still pretty new, weren't you? Oh,
2: super new. I was. It was like uh, April of '08, I think.
0: Yeah, April and May and- of '08. So she had been there for maybe three, four months. And I'm like, we're going to do something called – because she was single at the time. Mm -hmm. Kind of. You were kind of single. Right, because – You were somewhat talking to your now ex-husband. Yes.
2: Yeah. He, I met him in April, like around the same time that we were going to do this. And I remember I was like, well, can we make him a contestant on the show? And you're like, well, you guys can date, but not till after May because we have to do this thing.
0: Like it's The Bachelor or something. Like it's this huge – I mean we literally ran the show like it was that serious. Everything to me was like that serious. Like we cannot fuck this up. You cannot date for May. So we did this dating reality radio show. Yep, and. They how I don't remember how it worked. Was it like a couple guys came in and we narrowed them down every week? Is that how it worked?
2: Um, no, I went on dates with them and then we well, there were four guys. It was um Chris, my ex, and he was sort of like ushered in because I was like, listen, I'm already sort of like talking to him a little bit, so let's just make him part of it. And and then there was um Kenny shouts out, guy that emailed you. Then there was this guy, Mike, from originally from Ohio, and then there was this other guy that I can't remember his. Zach, oh my god, yes, it was Zach, and so there were these four guys, and then I had to go on dates with all four of them, and then, or maybe it was just um, they came up to the radio station that first time, and we had like an on air talk, and then the um, listeners had to vote someone off, and they voted yeah. off Chris, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that was kind of messed up. <laughs> oh, you guys kept dating, and then yeah, yeah. I it was.
2: But that was—it wasn't like that
0: was like a train wreck of a bit, though, wasn't it? Pretty good in uh, ex- hindsight. Well, it,
2: it was—it was a good bit, except for the fact that um, you on the application paper were like, "What? <laughs> if anything, <laughs> do you find attractive about Holly?" I'm like, "Why in the hell did they even fill this out if they didn't <laughs> find it?" I'm like, okay, whatever. If anything, <laughs> if anything, Yeah, that's fine. That's great. God, I
1: was such a dick. Yeah, yeah. So, that's um, crazy to me. So.
2: Bits that were crazy were I mean, obviously we sung we had the uh the Fourth of July thing where Miguel was singing, you know, patriotic oh, songs, God. talking about whips and chains oh. coming from Africa.
0: So that you know, that story Yikes. was so offensive that my Old producer here in San Diego wouldn't even let me put it on our uncensored podcast. He wouldn't even let us play it because he was like, This could come back to bite somebody. Miguel, do you want to explain that story? And I don't even Uh. know how. No,
2: I know how it went. So it was for the 4th of July, though. And so it was because Miguel doesn't know the words to any traditional songs ever. And so I guess it's like we tried to see how many words he could get into the song before he messed it up. And it was like Yankee Doodle, like Yankee Doodle when Went to town, and Miguel was like, "Like <laughs> Yankee Doodle." Went to town. He took
3: now, my ancestors. You know, we don't need from- to repeat it. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: we don't need to. It repeat always turned it. into. An- I think I actually. Spot. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that I encouraged that, oh, though. Yeah, I'm 100%. pretty sure I was like, oh, come yeah. on, make it something about race, Miguel, because Miguel was like, he was, the, I think maybe the only black person that lived in that city, period. And so it was kind of yeah. like his. Like he's like known for. And so I was like, make it about race, make it about race. And somehow it like,
1: yeah, it was just. trust trying- me,
0: we were all laughing along, but it got real <laughs> racial. And I was like, li- listening back now, I'm like, ah, like how? How did, did anybody even call in about that and be like, guys, I gotta be honest, that's a little a little racially insensitive right now
2: I think people did call
0: in fact I'm pretty sure
2: that over the course of our time in Panama City there was like one black lady that lived there and she called and would be like (laughs) I'm offended and then uh, Stevie, you'd be like well Miguel talk to her it be like no no <laughs> oh my jesus Christ, Christ. oh god <laughs>
3: uh, now that Hi. i re- i'm i'm trying to see i think that i used to have like a a folder with like negative emails that we had back in the no. day and i'm wondering if i still have that
2: why did you keep the negative uh, emails
0: he keeps everything miguel is like I the don't. king of keeping every piece of information which is great i can't believe you keep all those i, t- I definitely want to hear them though for sure
2: wow negative emails
1: oh Ugh. i do I, um, oh
0: god I <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay all right no. okay. So let's take a break right here and we'll come back and we will read this angry message when we get back with the certified mama's boy podcast and the that guy kramer reunion show this is a complaint letter that we were in. Do you, what's, what's the date? Uh,
3: this is January 29th, 2011.
1: This okay, is uh, from
3: going. Mac, Panama City. Just wanted to tell right. you how much I hate your show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right.
3: Uh, I liked Logan and Linda, and this was the morning show on uh, that radio station in Panama City that like, was there like Before early us. 2000s, the 90s. Um, I liked Logan and Linda much better than this crap you call a radio show. I can't stand how you always start to talk about something and then you say, but first, and move on to something else over and over and over again. It's annoying to listen to. Miguel is a screaming queen with nothing useful to add except, <laughs> oh my God, I love fried chicken and sausage. Oh and, my God. And oh, wait, hold on. Oh, this is the best part.
2: Oh my um, God.
3: And I'm not prejudiced against gays, I'm actually gay myself uh kramer seems to be very self-centered and thinks he's just so amazing holly's all right she's the one she's the only one (laughs) that doesn't really annoy me except for when she starts crying about whatever your show needs to go away it has no entertainment value at all lame this probably won't matter much to island 106 and i'm sure you guys just aren't gonna up and quit not when you're getting a paycheck for your useless ranting Bottom line, your show
2: sucks wow but hey i'm all right you guys so screw you you,
0: that was a glowing review for our show back in the day i remember we used to get emails like this and i would like melt down i could not handle anyone saying anything bad about our show i think i was literally that insecure probably because most i we didn't know what we were doing and we had like for two years we didn't really have any kind of rating success and so i couldn't handle any kind of negative feedback it would throw me into this terrible tailspin for days i mean I mean, days I'd be thrown off, second guessing everything. Now I'm, I, I I think because social media is so big and people talk shit literally every day. That I'm just like it's fine, but back then it, it took a lot. You'd have to like go like write your email out and find the email address on the website, which is hard to find. It wasn't the same like it is now. You didn't have the same access to us that you had back then, you know?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Social media has made everything so easy for you to just shoot off a thing about how you hate people, or or if you love people, it's either way. Um, but
3: <laughs> I've got another one. Oh no. <laughs> And this one's about race. <laughs> I was that
0: intro. And, and, and now – oh, good. Another angry email with Miguel Fuller. Here we go.
3: <laughs> this is dated March 8th, 2011. So apparently we were just ripping in more when we got into 2011. <laughs> see, really quick, uh,
2: we were probably – we had probably had really big heads in 2011 because we were – the ratings were great. So no matter right. what anybody sent us, we were probably like, what if? <laughs>
3: As a listener of That Guy Kramer, I want to make a comment on a segment I heard last week. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Well, not too sweet. I'm a local listener and a mother of two which listens to the show every morning while taking my children to school. My problem is, quite often, they do really racist segments, which are so bad. I have to turn the station because it will teach my children to be racist (laughs) and laugh at other people of different races. Once I turn the station, I do not turn back for that day, and it happens quite often. The cast needs uh. to know that they cannot turn to Miguel to see if every African-American is offended. If they are like me and my family, they have stopped listening or uh, or scarcely tune in for fear of being picked on, laughed at, and kicked to the curb as a second-hand uh. citizen. Signed, too racist for me.
1: Oh,
0: God. I mean... Too racist for me is not wrong. Um, that's probably the most <laughs> authentic thing that too racist for me ever said. That was
2: like a racist complaint email, and I feel like I know. garbage. Yeah. Um uh, thoughts on that in hindsight? I I hope I wasn't racist. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I am told. I racist? Yeah. <laughs> like always. We no, no, nobody's racist. <laughs> oh my god, we are racist. We're racist. I know. They're Jesus. Like, save us. Save
3: us. No, no. See, here's the thing. And this is where I will stick up for us. No, 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 no. I just think that we made, we were bold enough and not politically correct to always go. And I think that's just a young person's game because you have no fear. Right. And we were willing to make the jokes that you make with your friends, but we would just do it on the radio on a public platform, which not the best time to do that because now we understand the gravity of what it means to be a broadcaster and what and how much people hold on to what you say. Whereas back then we didn't realize that.
0: Okay. Two more ridiculous bits. I want to get to really quick. Remember Garrett Lavender. Oh,
2: Oh my god! Oh my
0: god! <laughs> Miguel, were you there yet for Garrett no, Lavender? He was not. No, I heard about
3: it. Uh, I was still in Savannah, but I remember watching it from afar. <laughs>
0: Oh god. Holly, I'll have tell, because honestly, the bit itself was probably what started really put Holly on the map when it first started. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how it got out of control and got the police involved. That's when it's really like, oh <laughs> shit. How did this
2: god. why do I listen to you, go? by the way? Like I you are the worst. Okay. All right. So it was it started off as a bit called Holly's Diary. And that was actually a really good bit because I got my actual diary from like I've had I I started I started a diary in second grade and it goes pretty much through college, not daily, but like, uh, you know, in grade school, it was probably daily, but then I would just update it every so often, but it got really good in sixth grade because I had like my first legit, like obsessive crush, as you do. And so in sixth grade, I was just obsessed with this kid named Garrett Lavender. Like I was in love with him. Like, you know, your sixth grade crush, whatever. So I would read from my diary and we would like pitch my voice up. So it would be like young Holly. It would be like, oh my God, you guys, I just saw Garrett today, blah, blah, blah. And it was actually it was actually a really good radio bit that maybe Miguel we can cart that out sometimes whatever, um, <laughs> well it turned a little crazy when we realized and I don't know maybe I don't know who figured this out we realized that Garrett Lavender lived in Pensacola. Like at the time
0: that we were doing this. And what are the odds? Now keep in mind, so if you're in in California, that would be, it's like what, 45 minute drive? It wasn't, it wasn't very far. No, it was like Uh, an hour or so. Holly was from Ohio. So the odds that they were both kind of living in the same area was like, holy shit.
2: Yeah. So you were like, oh my God, we have to go find Garrett Lavender. And I was
0: like, (laughs) ah. I don't know uh, okay whatever so we like well, i remember what happened was a listener called in do you remember this a listener called in was like hey i just got off the phone that wasn't
2: until after it was okay 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 so we actually went to pensacola to try to find garrett lavender right like how did we do this we probably stalked him down online like crazy people <laughs> and we were right. like doing like um uh, video updates before video updates were even a thing. Like we had a digital camera and we were like, we're like, okay, we're at a rest stop on the way to Pensacola. We're going to find Garrett Lavender. Well, we go to his house. How did we find his house? What kind of psychos are we? We found his house. The neighbor was there and was like, oh, he's at the hospital with his girlfriend. (laughs) They're having a baby. And I was like, oh my God, what? So then I had made photocopies. Of my oh, diary, yeah. talking about him, and you, you were like, <laughs> "Leave the pages, leave the diary pages at his door." And I was I'm like, "I'm pretty
0: sure, I'm pretty sure I was with you. You were I'm pretty sure I'd gone, no, I'd were. gone with you." That's right, what so, I'm saying. So you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
2: "Leave the pages here at his door, and we're going to go to the hospital." And I was <laughs> like. No, I don't know. This doesn't seem like a good idea. So, but then against all my better judgment, I did leave the photocopied diary pages at the door (laughs) because we're stupid. And then we went to the fucking hospital where he was there for the birth of his child. (laughs) We tried to somehow get in the room. Could you imagine? Like it next level mm-hmm. Needless we to, tried say, to, go up to the room <laughs> <laughs> needless to say we did not make it to the room but then we went back <laughs> to Panama City and then like we told the story on the radio whatever no. and then this guy called no. the show and he was like hey so uh, I was on a phone call with my bank and the The guy at the (laughs) bank's name was Garrett Lavender. And I got really excited because I've been listening to the radio and Holly's been talking about it. And there's only one, right? How how could we have more than one Garrett Lavender? And so the guy on the phone was like, so I asked Garrett Lavender if he knew who you were. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) And the guy on the phone was like, you'll never guess what. He said that he called the police and that he has a restraining order. (laughs) <laughs> like what
0: the fuck? Uh, Radio bits uh,
2: gone too far.
0: They they really did. Okay, I know it's it, we've been running long. I'll, we can save the um I was going to tell the Santa story um when when we got blacklisted from all simon malls oh, because of the you pulled off. We'll, <laughs> oh my God. we'll save that for our next reunion show um these guys are some of my best friends i don't even know how we be what because we always try to leave this show in a positive how did you how do we all become friends again was it just time did we talk about it i don't because we did kind of have a falling out afterwards everything was so intense right it was like ah and then yeah. like Aah. um i don't I, even I, know I think, it was just kind of I, like a
3: It was just time. I just think that we all needed to decompress from spending all those, uh, you know, because I mean, you know, if we do this again, there's like way more stuff towards the end that happened that just, it just turned sour. But I think that once we all got out of it and we weren't doing the daily grind of a show and we have those six months to decompress and then you got a job doing social media, Holly was like, I'm going to get out of radio for a minute. I went back to Panama City to sort of finally do my own thing like I'd always wanted to do. And I think just being away from each other just helped us sort of get a a better grounding on reality.
0: sure yeah it's almost like we none of none, like we none didn't like grow up i guess that's probably a better way of putting it because we were all still kind of doing the same things we were doing since we were like 25 yeah. and so um i you guys are st- st- some of my best friends uh in, in in the world and i appreciate you guys so much and i'm glad it's kind of fun now that we can look back and and laugh at how ridiculous it was but i'm glad that i mean out of all of my radio relationships i mean these this is you know the two that i really really Appreciate the most. So, thank you for putting up with me. I'm going to apologize one more time through all of the the crazy times and all of the you know the chaos that we were doing as we were kind of growing up together.
2: Yeah. No, I I agree. I think that we needed space and time. And once we got that, and like you know matured, and you know other life events happened, I think that it just it kind of naturally healed. So I yeah. think we good. Yep. Yeah. And
3: I so think it they also have a too- fantastic go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say and I think too that foundation that we all had for morning radio, it helped us in our later careers know what's right and what's wrong and how to just not sweat the small stuff.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I I think you're right. Well, these guys now do a radio show over in Tampa on Hot 101.5, and they have a really good podcast. Um, I haven't listened to your radio show in a while, but the podcast is really, really good. I have to compliment you guys on the one – it may have been yesterday's, I think I was listening. You had a guy on that was from the other station, and you had this really pretty heavy political talk segment, but – it was really well done. Like, I didn't feel like offended. I didn't feel, I kind of saw both sides and was like, this is, this is oh, nice. Full circle. It was good. <laughs> it really was. You saw All both, of a sudden, sides just me. both sides, I know. <laughs> See, it's gross. That's it's your zen moment
2: of the day right there.
0: It really was. Um, but, uh, the podcast is Holly and Miguel, no, Miguel and Holly Uncensored. <laughs> and it's, they're doing one, are you still doing, it's one every day, right? Yep. Every single day. It's <laughs> a lot. so, you should go. Yeah, I get. It. I, as somebody else is doing a podcast by themselves every day, I get it. it's a lot. So go, uh, go check out their podcast. All right, are we done here? All the damage has been done.
2: I think we're yes. good. I'm gonna go feed my kid dinner. It's probably gonna be uh, cereal. That's whatever. <laughs> okay. That's how are Mama today?
0: Uh, it's fine. You're doing everything. Holly and I, literally, I think because Holly and I have both have been through just shit the last couple of years. And every time we text, we're always like, "It's fine. It's fine. Like it's fine."
2: We aren't the uh, <laughs> the GIF or the meme of that dog in the room on fire. It's you know what? I mean, it's truly. fine.
0: That has been that has been our lives. So, yep. all right, I love you guys. Thank you for doing this. Yes, yes, lots of love and hugs. Love you. Bye. Love you. Love you guys. Okay, so before we get out of here, please don't forget to take the survey. Uh, it's survey survey certifiedmamasboy.com. I had to remember it was com. or you just go to show notes and click on the link there. Uh, also tomorrow, a big question that a lot of people have asked, which is what's that big life-changing secret you had before you got let go from channel 933? We'll talk about that and more. My dad's on tomorrow too. So we will see you then. Goodbye.
1: Okay. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, certified mama's boy.